What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Complete Center's Guide. I am your host, Tyler Fowler, and this is episode three of the 10-part series that we're doing on our intro to Christianity. We're getting theological, we're getting practical, and we're getting into the fruits of the Spirit on tonight's episode. That's right. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and get them flipped over to Galatians 5, because Josh and I are going to be going through the fruits of the Spirit. We're going to be explaining exactly what the fruits of the Spirit are. Are. But before we get into it, Noah, my brother in Christ, what is going on, my friend? How have you been? It has been a fantastic week, Tyler. I've been, yeah, I've been blessed beyond measure. That's awesome, man. I, this has been an interesting week for me. So I took a vacation day today. I'm having a three day weekend and I'm enjoying that. Uh, but yeah, it's just been, it's been a stressful week of work. And I'm ready to just unwind, talk about the fruits of the Spirit. And actually, as a matter of fact, Noah, you know that Josh sent me a base. Oh, probably, I don't know, Josh, what would you say? That was over a year ago now? Um, It was probably about a year. Yeah, about a year. So hold up. So, when you say bass, you're like, ba-doom, doom, doom, doom. Yes. That, okay. Yeah, ba-doom, bass ba-doom, guitar, exactly. Nice. That's, that's right. And so I broke that out this week to kind of just chill Woo-hoo! out and wine. Yep. I'm uh, just playing around because, see, here's so the So he thing. sent you I, a bass and you broke it? No, I broke it in. I broke oh, it out. Like, uh, I haven't played it in a well, which while. Which one is it? You broke it in or you broke it out? Both. Uh. Both. <laughs> no, but I, <laughs> I did. But you I drive in out. parkways and park in driveways, don't you? Hey, amen. I couldn't have said it. That should be a proverb. You know what I mean? Like, it should. <laughs> I think it really should. Let's... Went along with round pizzas and square boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. Josh, how's your week been, brother? Oh man. Oh, that was funny. My week, my week's okay. Um, you know, the last couple of days I've been building furniture and stuff for the, the, the women's department at the mission, uh, for the, the center for women and children. Um, they're getting new furniture for the contact office, new desks and stuff like that. So I've just been, you know, frustrating myself with Ikea style illustrated instructions for building furniture. And, Yay. you know, it's a, it's an arduous process, but as long as I have a cool audio book or some decent music, I can kind of just blow through it. Um, but there's just been, um, you know, it's, it's been kind of one of those weeks where it's been a little chaotic, but I was still able to get a lot done. So I feel good about it. You know, are you good. back in the main building now? Or are you still not, pre- are you still prohibited from being able to do your day-to-day routine. Uh, well, somewhere. at this point, they, they implemented a new practice. And California is really, really stringent about uh, regulations and stuff like that, especially about the whole COVID really? thing. And so basically what I have to do is literally take a COVID test every morning what? in order to enter the what? buildings. <laughs> like a state one or like one of the home ones? Uh, no, like a, like a nose swab home test that, that comes up in about 15 minutes. Okay. Um, and, and I have to do that every morning before I enter in any of the program buildings. I can go to the administrative building where I have my shop, mm-hmm. uh, and I can go inside. I can clock in. I can get my tools and grab my work van so I can do yeah. driving and stuff. And once I go down to the actual program buildings or the warehouse, I have to test in order to get in the buildings to verify uh, and make sure that, that, that I'm I'm – I'm okay, or I'm I'm safe for everybody really? else, or you know, 
know, however you want to view that. Bro, um, you- and so, yeah, it's just been, it's been a kind of, it just adds complication to what I'm trying to do. It adds a 15 minute wait time to every time I get there in the morning. It's just kind of a frustration, but I'm trying, I, I want to play by the rules. You know what I mean? That's sure. important to me. I want to play by the rules. Yeah, I mean, there's an integrity thing. Could, I mean, could you do some multitasking? Like, you know, you swing by Starbucks, you get the coffee, but as you're doing that, you're, you're swabbing your nose holes. And then by the time you actually arrive at the facility, they'd be like, hey, look at this. Uh, unfortunately, no, I can't. Uh, that Basically, the test has to be administered to me okay. by one of the staff members and then documented in their computers. So I have to do it at like on site. So no swabbing and driving. Department. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Bro, no, I've got yeah, no swabbing and driving. Have you ever gotten like a false positive on one of those? Well, or... How do you know that? Well, Negative. No- no, because I mean, if they say, "Hey, you're you're, you know, you're positive, you can't come to work," right? So here, the reason I bring that up is because I was watching a TikTok the other day, and I might have said this last week, I don't remember, but there was this woman who is kind of funny. She had a Corona beer, and she uh, dipped her little, you know, cotton swab in it, put it on the test, and anyway, long story short, it came up positive. And so I've heard oh. just you know different like different stories and kind of see it, you know that. That kind of makes it more believable, I guess, right? But um, but no, just hearing different things about like this test. I mean, and and we know everybody's talking about the vaccine. You know what I mean? But I'm curious, where do you guys kind of before we get into the fruits of the spirit, where do you guys stand on that? Stand no. on. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I, ha- no, not testing, but test, just yeah. Since I, since I've been taking the tests pretty much every day, um, I can tell you that it's it's just an irritating process. Um, but that as far yeah. as their accuracy goes, I mean, you know, I, I had a, um, I had a, I had COVID last year, uh, right. in September. Right. And so I have the natural immunities that I probably won't get it again for probably like a year. I, you know, but, but I, I've never, I never tested positive outside of when I actually had it. So it seems like the tests are pretty consistent for me at least, mm-hmm. um, but I, I mean, the, the reason why they implement it uh, to that degree is because I technically work in a high risk environment because I'm right. working with the homeless community um, and I'm working with uh, volunteers. I'm working with staff members and we're, we're trying to service people who don't have the ability to isolate themselves. They don't have the mm-hmm. ability to stay sanitary most of the time. They don't have a lot of the things that we have uh, in order to protect ourselves. And so. I, in order to protect me and to protect them, they have to make this extra, it's just extra, you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and to be honest with you, the mission, I, I, you know, I have to, I have to give the proverbial high five to the rest of the staff that since COVID broke out, uh, uh, originally, you know, almost two years ago, uh, th- when, when COVID happened originally, we actually were the leaders in the entire County on regulation and sanitation. We were the people that other, other shelters were looking to us for our practices to make sure that they were up to par because we had exceeded the expectation of all the County regulations. Uh, and so we, we've actually done really, really good about staying ahead of the curve on things like that. Awesome. Um, and so I see the need for it, but it's just, it is just a frustration for me, man. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if they're accurate, that's great. That's a good thing. But just kind of seeing some of the things I did, you know, it, it, it makes me question some, some things in general. Noah, you got any thoughts on that? Well, um, so I, th- I think the rapid antigen tests are somewhere in the order of 50% sensitivity to, uh, um, to, to detecting a viral load, whereas the 
is it the PCR test is I think they're they're claiming that's up to eighty uh, percent okay. sensitive to so I I think there's a slightly it's less slightly less ability to detect uh, infection but but on the other hand you know what we're seeing is that the the severity of the infection is is not is not so much with Omicron as, as it was with past ones. So I think we're starting right. to, dare I say this out loud, getting to the end of COVID and people are getting slightly more reasonable as it were. And so I, I guess I, I kind of view it um, the, the same way as Josh does. It's just, it seems like it's becoming more of an inconvenience than than a real hindrance to anything. It adds, adds extra sure. time to your day. Sure. I mean, yeah. maybe we'll even be getting, you know, kind of into that with the fruits of the spirit, like some things sometimes as and I know this ain't a direct correlation to what Josh was talking about, but it is it involves him in it. And, you know, if I end up having to do, you know, re- test however often, you know, affect us, too. But sometimes as Christians, we do have to do things that seem very just it, it, it takes us, you know. We don't want to do them. Why? Because it's an inconvenience to us, right? And so I think sometimes, you know, going without—let me put it like this—without crossing biblical boundaries, without sinning, right, it's good to do these types of things. It's good to show respect and to just—I don't know—just to— Suffer for God. Yes. That's a beautiful—thank you, Noah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Go ahead. Well, you know, I, I, I was, I, I've so far I've held off on on really taking a hard stance one way or the other. I think if you're over eighty years old and 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 uh, you benefit greatly, if you're over sixty years old, really, you benefit greatly from the opportunity of a vaccine. I think if you're under the age of, of forty, like like we are, then there's probably less perceived benefit to the vaccine. And it's unfortunate that society has chosen to polarize so drastically. On this issue for something that otherwise could have been a really great thing for a lot of people. But I my my uh, there's a group at our church that is headed out onto a mission trip and they're going over to Israel to learn to see and explore the Holy Land. And in order to get into Israel right now, you have to be vaccinated. And so I talked to a couple of people that were pretty staunch. Um, hey, I'm not getting vaccinated because it's not actively beneficial to me. And they, they made that decision in about a heartbeat to get vaccinated. And when I talked to him, I said, well, why'd you do that? The answer they gave back is, well, I wanted want to go on the strip, and I, I want to be able to engage with other people and, and further the mission of Christ. And so if you got to get a vaccine to do that, then you got to get a vaccine to do that. And I think that's a there's perfectly okay th- reason and a perfectly okay thing to do. And if that causes us a level of inconvenience or a, a level of suffering, that's probably an okay thing. Fair enough. So let me ask you this then. Is there a line? Is there ever a line whenever it comes to a vaccine? Is there ever a line where taking this would be sinful? I, I would respectfully submit to you that we are called, we are biblically called to take good care of the vessels that God has put us, in, that has entrusted to, to, uh, to us with those vessels. And those vessels are yeah. given to us for the purpose of carrying out God's work. So mm-hmm. to the extent that you do something to your vessel that isn't actively in the best interest of the health of the vessel, I would argue that's sinful. And and I would argue that you could make that argument either putting a foreign substance into your body. The latest information that we're getting out is saying, hey, if you constantly are getting these boosters and constantly getting 
um, vaccination, you are likely doing some damage to your immune system. So that's probably mm. not ideal. On the other hand, sure. if you're over 50 years old and you're one of the, the, you know, the key people that would be negatively affected by the disease, then you are somewhat being irresponsible by not getting vaccinated. Again, if sure. the goal is that we are to respect the vessel that God gave us so that we have maximum opportunity to impact the world for Christ. I, no, I think you're spot on. I, I really do. I think I'll put it like this, too. There's a lot, and, and we're already 18 minutes in, right? There's a lot that goes into this conversation already. I will say this. Both sides have got their arguments that I, you know, I kind of lean toward, right? I, I see—I don't know if lean toward would be the right word. I, I see where you're coming from, right? And so just because—I mean, I've gotten the first vaccine, and I am waiting to see uh, what comes about, kind of, you know, just hanging back. Um, why? Because I'm a 31 year old man that is healthy. All right. And, and so with no underlying conditions or anything or anything like that. Right. I've like Josh, I've also had it. And so we've got natural immunities to this thing. Right. And so anyway, long story short, I think that it's until proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. Otherwise, the vaccine is a good thing. But let's get into the or, or Josh. Is there anything you want to comment on that before we actually transition into the fruits of the spirit? Galatians five. We got nope go ahead man let's do it all right so let's just go ahead and read for those that are maybe driving or listening to this on the radio that don't have a bible we're in galatians 5 and i'm going to start in 16 because i really love i love galatians i love this passage and and you'll see why so let's just read it uh, and i'm reading out of the esv tonight i'm on logos bible software i love this thing man i love this app. you know what tyler actually can, can i can i ask a can i ask a favor personally yeah. Can we just start at verse 1, bro? Bro, like 5-1? Yeah. Well, yeah, let's do it. Okay. I mean, I could read the whole book. I mean, I don't think we'll get it done in an hour, but... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we don't have to start at the first chapter, but yeah, just to, just because the premise of this is our freedom, but also walking in the Spirit, how those two things come together. This chapter is so cohesive. Yeah. Do you actually got it in front of you? I do. <clears throat> you want to read it? Sure. Yeah, I'll go ahead. Starting in verse 1 of chapter 5 of the Galatians, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Amen. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. My, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from his grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcised for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that is counting is faith expressing itself through your love. Amen. You are running a good race. Who cut in on you and to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. 
Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, I wish that they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Ouch. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the law, the entire law, is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. There it is. I'm going to read that one again. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That is verse 16. Verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you, so that you are not to do whatever you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, self-ambition, dissensions, faction, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Amen. Man, let me just tell you this, bro. I could sit back and listen to you read the Bible all day long, okay? Like, you need to get, you need, well, we've got a, you, you know that we've got a YouTube channel, right? And for those who don't know, you need to look us up on YouTube because we've got exclusive content on there like Bible readings. And what I was going to tell Josh, man, you need to do a Bible reading for the Complete Sinner's Guide YouTube page. Remember that whenever we did chapter a day? I do remember that. That kind of fell off, didn't it? We need to get back to that. I would totally do that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I've got, we've got two of them up there. Um, the whole gospel of John and we've got Colossians. I think it was Colossians. Uh, that I read, yeah. I actually have to go book, go look back, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Colossians. Um, yeah, it is. So, but yeah, go check that out. But man, oh, dude, I could I could listen to you read all day. But let let's get Noah in on this. If you want to comment, brother, what do you think about chapter five of Galatians? There's so much there. I could talk about this for hours. I know we've you know, um, but uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts on the fruits of the spirit, fruits of the flesh, right? But if you were let, I love what Josh read in sixteen. But I say to you, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. What do you think about all this, brother? So. I guess at a very high level, I try to put myself back into what the disciples would have been thinking or or how they would have viewed the world, right? And mm-hmm. so you're you you're you're following Jesus and you know that he's capable of miraculous signs, but now he's told you that you have the power to perform miraculous signs and indeed if you're focused on 
your kingdom goggles and you have your kingdom of goggles on and that's what you're focusing, virtually nothing can stop you and the Holy Spirit is going to come and remove obstacles from your path. That would be a really empowering truth to settle into. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Wow. That. Yeah. Wow. Go ahead, Josh. What do you think? Uh, ah, man, that that was. Thank you, Noah. That was fantastic. Yeah. Um. I. It makes me want to like. See, I, I, I feel like I feel like we're gonna get on a tangent if I talk for too much longer because now I just I'm thinking of a thousand <laughs> testimonies of exactly what you just described, exactly what you just described. That's a man. That so was awesome. I'll I'll kind of bring it home a little bit. I was speaking with uh, with a young lady who did some missionary work out in Germany, and so she was. Um, it, for for those that don't know. Europe is in a really weird predicament right now because there is so much chaos happening in the Middle East that refugees are getting displaced there by the tune of 15,000 people um, a day are, are, are flooding and, and going all over the place. And a lot of those people are winding up in Germany. And so they have erected essentially soccer stadiums um, with like inflatable uh, soccer fields, excuse me, and, and, and erected these inflatable dome things that they bring the refugees into. And she was telling me that these, when the refugees come there, you know, in the Middle East, particularly right now, Jesus is very much not spoken about, not talked about, not taught. It, it's a death sentence if you do, right? Well, right? And these people are coming in, having never before heard of Jesus before, and they keep coming up to her and the other missionaries that were there saying, can you tell me about the man in the white robes? He keeps coming to me in the dreams and, and telling me that I need right. to ask someone to tell me the story about the man in the white robes, I need to know more about him. Who is he and, and why does he keep appearing? It's not just one person, not just a few people, not just people from the same village. Thousands of people are coming and they're asking about this man that appears to him, to them in the white robes, coming to him in their dreams, saying, when you go to this place, ask these people about the man in the white robes. They will know who I am and they will tell you. And mm. it just it blew a lot of the missionaries back that, that it, it's such a clear biblical reference to Jesus and the power of God to be able to reach into the depths of an area that is completely devoid of any talk of Jesus. You know, we talk about the fruits of the Spirit and we talk about miracles as if they were a thing that happened 2,000 years ago, and that's just not enough a thing that happens today. And it very much does. You just have to be far enough removed from your own comfortable environment that it's worth God's time to lay his hand and perform a miracle. But the further you get from somebody's ability to connect with the Savior, the more you find God's, uh, I guess, God's hand and God's power. And there's a there's a line. His direct intervention, yeah. Absolutely. And there's a line from The Chosen that I really like, if you if you followed that series at all. Uh, it's a in great series. It, it is. And, and there's, there's, there's a moment when uh, Jesus is about to give the Sermon on the Mount, and his disciples are kind of questioning how and why he chose to phrase the things that, that, that he chose to phrase. And he says, I'm drawing a map. And so when you, when people are looking to find me, you look to the poor, you look to the weak, you look to the people that are the least in society, and that's where you're going to find me. And so when I think about what would I tell somebody if they sat down and said, I'm listening to these 10 episodes because I'm potentially interested in getting a start in Christianity, and it's because— I'm having I'm at the end of my rope right now and I just 
I don't mm. feel like it's not that I actively want to die. Maybe I just don't. Re, I'm not real excited about living. And if something, if I didn't wake up tomorrow, that wouldn't be so bad. And when I do wake up tomorrow, it's kind of disappointing to me. And that, that, that's kind of the line that somebody's at right now, right? And they're thinking to themselves, I'm listening to these three episodes. That would be fantastic if there really was a, a God up in the sky that cared about me and loved me and had the power and ability and willingness to move mountains for me and perform miracles in my life. That's something that would be really appealing to me, but I, I just can't get there. That, that's not something I can really wrap my my mind around. I would, say, I would say to that person, if you go and look, it, not just um, in Galatians, but you go back through Acts even, and go through, uh, I guess, parts of the New Testament, what you will find is a very consistent pattern of how God operates. And I think if you take that pattern and use it as a lens to look at the world today, you'll find those exact same patterns. You'll just find them in different ways. Yes. Oh, man, dude, Yes. See, the, the, it's funny you call them patterns. I call them, uh, yeah, they're narrative patterns where God uses something. Let's say, like, God doesn't repeat himself, but he seems to rhyme with himself often enough, right? Mm -hmm. That, like, there's this repetition in the way that God desires to do things. And, you know, one of those patterns that we see is the more there's persecution, the more the church is going to explode, things like that, right? Uh, these patterns are going to repeat themselves. And I think it's because you get into a place where uh, it's difficult to be a Christian. And that's where it exposes where your allegiance is. Is your allegiance to church? Is your allegiance to um, you know, your, your doctrine or your, your, your feelings of correctness because you're an intellectual sure. or, you know, is your allegiance to serving, you know, poor communities than getting the attaboys from your neighbors or is your allegiance toward Christ? And no matter what's happening, that's not going anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's at the top of the value of your life and that's just it. it uh, there's no second you know. guessing yourself. There's no, uh, dropping that out of the way. And it's like in that position, you really have the chance to, uh, uh, you know, expose from within yourself those things that God has put in you. And really ultimately what that is, is these eight things that are listed in verse 22 and 23. Yeah. Yeah. I love what the um, Faith Life Study Bible actually says. It, it's got a note on Galatians 5.2 here, or 5.22. It says the phrase, the fruit of the Spirit in this context refers not to spiritual fruit, but to fruit that the Spirit produces. This latter translation best supports Paul's argument that the production of godliness in the life of the believer does not require the law. It is empowered by God's Spirit. And so, Noah, to the person that you were talking about, right, to the person that that, you know, it, it is so close to, let's just say, death, right, that it would be okay, and, and Josh and I have talked about this too, that, that this life has meaning, that this life has purpose to it. So by definition, if you're here, that means that God has something planned for you. There's a purpose to your life. There's a purpose to all of our lives in one way or another. And, and, and this is the beautiful thing about taking that step, trusting Christ, right? Because this is how we become united to Christ, through faith. This is what Paul is going to argue, or has argued already in Galatians, that not by the works of the law is one justified or sanctified, be, made to become more like Christ, right? But by the Spirit, by being born again, and by naturally doing these things, right? What does Paul say that the, 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 
the works of the flesh are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. The list goes on. The list that I look at personally and think back five, ten years ago and say, I've committed every single one of those. I have. I've done. I, mm. <laughs> trust me. I've been there. Yeah. And the thing about it is yeah. everyone has. No one, no one, not a yes. believer, not an unbeliever. We've all been through these things. And the beautiful thing, this intro to Christianity, the, the, the thing, ultimately, let me just be honest with you all for a second, all of our listeners, the thing we're trying to get you to do is trust Christ. Because whenever you do, all of that stuff before, it goes away. Now, I'm not saying it happens in an instant, but what I am saying is, you start living for the purpose. You stop living for yourself, and you start living for someone who does love you, who does care about you, who loves you so much, as a matter of fact, that he sent his only begotten son so that everyone trusting in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's Amen. the beautiful thing. That's what Josh, that's what Noah, that's what I are living for with the hope that this person, this one that we call Jesus, Yeshua, Christ, Messiah, him, he died, he rose again. Our hope is that he's coming back to raise us all. And forever we can live with him as brothers, as sisters, living the way that this world was once intended to be. And yet sin came in and screwed everything up. But I'll, I'll stop rambling at this point. But but this is what we do. The, and, and we're just talking about this is who we are. This isn't just what we do. This is who we are. Jesus is who we are. And whenever you get to that point, I don't care if you've just trusted Christ or have been a believer 50 years down the road, you start loving, loving others as yourself. You start having joy. You start having peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You start actually living these things, not perfectly, but you start, you begin to become like Christ. I think it's wonderful that what God gives us in the, the, the command to follow the Spirit rather than following the law is that the law tells us what we're not to do. And it's all negatives, right? It's all mm -hmm. don't. Thou shall not. Thou shall not. Thou shall not. I mean, you have ritualistic practices about how the Jews had their day-to-day. -day, but ultimately, the law, the moral law itself, and all the things that he's describing here are things that are, are moral uh, uh, deficits. If you're, if you're, let's say, committing, right? It's like what, what, the, what the Spirit is giving instead is positives, something that ought to be there in its place, the thing that's supposed to substitute the deficit. What is it you're missing when you're doing these things? What yeah. you're missing is this, and it's restoration. It's what God's giving us that should be there, that isn't there because we're broken, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it starts with love, and it literally starts with love in the passage. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, Loved. right? Right? Love. Why? Because God is love. He's giving you a bit of himself to operate with. That's what it means to have the Spirit. He's literally trying to give you himself so that you can operate in him, right? That's what we mean by that. And how is that supposed to, what's that, what is that supposed to look like, you know? What does it look like when you're loving the way that God would love? It's like, okay, well, 
what 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 does God's love look like? We can look at all kinds of different examples in the scripture of 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 you know uh, kindness and gentleness and all those things. But those are listed later. What is His love? And I think ultimately it looks like something looks something like self sacrifice and intentionality. You know, um, it's it's these things that we're 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 going to on purpose put others before ourselves. We're not going to act upon impulse, which is the outworking of that, right? It's like love is the guiding principle in, in trying to do all of the other things that are going to be here. It's like joy. Where in the world would that come from if you don't love? If you just like – you don't have genuine self-sacrificial intentional love for the people around you or your enemies or your neighbors or even your family, it's like you're not going to have joy. Right. Good luck. Right. Noah? Nothing to add to that. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> you know, that's uh, well peace said. Is, is, I, I, think, I think peace is actually the product of being joyful and loving, right? Mm-hmm. You can be at peace with your neighbor. You can be at peace and you, you will have, you will seldom have enemies. And when you do, they won't be for long, mm-hmm. right? Because you'll be working to resolve it. You'll be working to reconcile. You'll be working to distance yourself from those who are just looking to cause problems. So you really won't have enemies for very long. You will live a life that is guided by love, filled with joy. And the expectation is that you'll be at peace with God and with the people around you. Right. And it's something that when you live it out, you'll be, it's an enjoyable experience, let me tell you, to be right. at peace. You know, right. like really, because it, the life is so chaotic, isn't it? It is. And this is why we need a peace like like Jesus promises in, in John 14, 26. What does he say? But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance of all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you, to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say I'm going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I am. And then he goes on and says, and now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may, what? Pistis. Believe. You may trust. I'm showing you this so that, you one, you'll know who I am, God in the flesh, and, two, that you'll trust me. Right? And so whenever we see this peace, like we all... Be, I, I remember before I was born again, I had a peace, but I did not have a peace that only Jesus can give, that only God can give. Josh, no? I Honestly, I, th- I think that, that the way that this, this chapter, well, the, specifically the way the chapter is structured, but this, the flow of these, these uh, traits, these fruits, the things that the Spirit is, is, is actively putting into us when, when, we're, when we're following Christ, right? Because, again, this is, this is part of being a Christian is that, like, people hear this and they go, okay, well, like, being at peace, do you know my family? You don't know my family. You don't know my, you don't know my boss. You don't know my – it's like mm. life – I said, life is chaotic, man. Like, don't – don't think that we're trying to be, you know, uh, uh, well, silly and and naive here. Yeah. I, I am yeah. readily recognizing that life is full of things that really irritate me, that really cause me some friction, that really uh, put me at loss, that are very inconvenient and often painful. Uh, and, and and there's a lot in life that's very difficult to deal with. And yeah. and you're like, okay, well, how in the world am I supposed to live up to this? It's like you kind of can't. That's mm-hmm. the point. 
And that's why it's not the fruits of your own effort. It's called the fruits of the spirit. And I just kind of want to point out that all of this is flowing again from the person who it is that's trying to help you. Right. It's God and he is love. This all sprouting from love. Like it just exactly like Noah said earlier, that really impacted and, me, bro. That was awesome. Yeah. And it's not that Jesus or God promises us that we won't have troubles, that we won't have tribulations, because trust me, again, and I love that you pointed this out, Josh, we are not trying to say, oh, yeah, it's going to be fine, because let me tell you something, it's not. There's times where I myself, I don't want to believe. I don't want to do this. I don't want to wake up and go to church. I don't want to lo- live for for God. I want to live for me. Why? Because that's still who I am to a certain degree. But I'm not controlled by those things. I'm not identified with those things anymore. I'm identified in Christ. And the point is, like Josh just beautifully pointed out, these are the things that the Spirit produces in you. You can't do it on your own. So where do you begin? You begin with trusting Jesus. And then, and I'm not saying allow the Holy Spirit to work like you got some kind of control over him or something like that. But the Holy Spirit will work in you bringing these things out about naturally as we as I would say you know the things that I used to do before the things that you know just came so natural now these things that we're describing tonight they come naturally and yes sometimes they don't yet sometimes you sometimes you don't want to do it anymore but that's where faith and, and Jesus and God will show their self faithful to you by bringing you out through it. I promise you that because the Bible promises that. Right. And and what's 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 even more amazing is the way that it kind of stacks up, you know? Cuz if you have love and you live in joy, you you're experiencing peace and it gives you a kind yeah. Uh, from that peace, you can live out this kind of patience and forbearance, this this slow to anger, so to speak, right? Yeah. Uh, and that 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 induces in you the way that you're going to look when you are patient and joyful and peaceful and loving, mm-hmm. irrespective of who you're dealing with. These are the things that the Spirit is putting in you. This is not things you're deriving from your circumstance or from the person you're talking to. So they're mm-hmm. indiscriminate. That's the most beautiful part about this. God expects this of you all the time. It doesn't turn off, right? But he also is there to help you all of the time, and he's not going anywhere, right. you know? And so you, you, can, you can be patient and peaceful and joyful. You can experience his love and then give it to others. You know, you yeah. can't bless people if you're not blessed. It's kind of, it's kind of like <laughs> expected that God's in there, you know? Yeah. And so kindness— it, Kindness and gentleness, right, and goodness are kind of, to me, like I feel like they're, they're like a trifecta of, of the things that we would expect when we talk about how we should be toward, uh, let's say, the stranger, like hospitality, like Abraham, yeah. you know, he was willing to, to bring in the stranger and say, here, let me give you water. Let me give you some food. Yes. Here, you can sit down in my tent, you know, like. Come into my space. Let me be accommodating for you on right. purpose. Again, it's, 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 it's sacrifice and intentionality, you know, yeah. uh, those things, those two things coming together. And I think it's really beautiful that faithfulness is smack dab right in the middle. And like you just said, God has a tendency and a pattern 
as uh, as as Noah put it, of proving himself to be faithful. And that's why he wants us to mirror him. That's why it's a fruit of his spirit to be exhibiting faithfulness is because he is faithful. That's it's right. like, what does it mean to be faithful, right? That means that you show signs and evidence of being worthy of the trust that people extend to you. Mm-hmm. And God has shown himself worthy of the trust that we're supposed to extend to him. Amen. 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 And, and just to go back on something that we were talking about earlier, Josh, just for a second, and then I'll go um, into, you know, maybe comment on faithfulness and then go into gentleness. But we were having a conversation the other day, and I'm not going to mention any names or anything like that. But we were talking about what what happens whenever you just don't want to do this anymore. And this story just came up to mind, Josh. You know what I'm talking about. But what, what, what do we do yeah. whenever we don't want to do this anymore? And Josh said something to me that I'll never forget. And I and, and I'm gonna I want to line this up exactly with verse 16. So let me read verse 16, and I'll tell you what Josh said. He said, or verse 16. But I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You have to do it. That's that old man. That's that natural man talking. Whenever you say to yourself, "I don't want to do it," no, 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 do it. Josh, I know you want to elaborate on this, so go ahead, brother. You can say it a lot better than I can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I I mean, again, without without violating confidence uh, or or naming any names, like life is complicated and often it hurts. And then we get in a place where we want to just, you know, retreat. Um, but, but Christianity is, is the kind of thing in which you, you, you look at the person who you're following Christ. What did he do? Well, he put himself on the altar of sacrifice for your good, right? It's like, okay, so then what does he expect of me? Well, exactly that. He wants you to be self-sacrificial and place yourself on the altar. It's like, yeah, but it hurts. Mm. Yeah. And I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do it. You know what? You, you have to do it and he's going to do it with you. You're not just doing it. This is not just an arbitrary command from some God who's never been through it. Like he, he didn't just die so that you don't have to, he died to show you how I firmly believe that. Mm No, we have, we have, well, I'm, I'm listening. (laughs) I, I, you know, I would say that we (laughs) we have a God that, that empathizes with us because he went through what we went through and he struggles with the same kind of struggles that, that we struggle with. And I think that that would be, it's difficult sometimes for me to kind of put my mind into somebody who doesn't have a walk with God because I've, I've had that my whole life. So that, that kind of separates me a little bit, I guess. But I would, I would tell you that I think that makes Christianity somewhat unique. Right. It. Yes. And and so when you look at the if you look at the archaeological record, if you look at the historical record, if you look at the accuracy record, then we find a very consistent pattern in in the Bible, in Scripture and and the message that that God has 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 kind of set forth. So I would I would double down kind of with what Josh is saying. Jesus came here to give us a an example. Of how to treat and love other people well and how to lead yeah. people towards the father. Right. Right. Yeah. Jesus was the shining, the shining example of loving God and loving others. It's like, you know, he was, he was exactly that. 
you know, um, I, I, yeah, I, God is, God is faithful and we ought to be faithful. And when, when we are in a position to, let's say, let's say something happens where I have the ability to, uh, uh, violate the trust of someone else for my own advantage and they would never find out about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And the temptation is before me to make the decision there. Are you going to do this? They'll never know. And you have Satan whispering in your ear, of course. They'll never know. Oh, and look at the benefits. Look at everything that could happen for you. And it's like, okay, I know better, right? God's given me the knowledge to know better. I have the knowledge of good and evil, right? And now I'm supposed to use it. Am I going to do so or am I going to neglect and just, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm left with the decision. And then the scripture says that God doesn't leave us in temptation, but will always give us a way out. What is that way out? Right. Well, it's submission. And what is it God gives you in submission? It's like God, God uh, 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 raises up the humble. So then you lower yourself to be raised up. Mm. Like I don't have the power. It's like, yeah. fine, then bow your head. If you don't have the power to stand, then you should be kneeling. That's right. That's right. I like, I, I, I'm looking at John 14 here, guys, and you're talking about reflecting God in, in the things that you do, right? Showing God, shine, as I've said before on this podcast, shining your light, let your light shine before men, right? And, and I'm looking at John 14, and Jesus says this. He says, um, this is right after Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen the Father, or whoever has seen me, has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Well, guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, the third person of the Trinity is in us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, producing within us the fruits of the Spirit. And so ultimately, and I don't honestly think this is blasphemy to say this, but bear with me, but here's the thing. If the Holy Spirit dwells in us, how can we how should we be able to should we be able to say, If you've seen me, you've seen the Holy Spirit? Because here's the thing, and no, mm. we're not trying to make ourselves out to be God. But hear me out. If the fa- if you're identified by your works, right? And this is what Jesus says: either believe that the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. We should be reflecting God in our works. Mm. And right. And it and it doesn't. I mean, this this is really. I mean, this is really whenever the rubber meets the road here, ladies and gentlemen. Because this, I mean, I'm not saying look at your works for, like, you know, salvation, or look to your works to be secure, to, to look at them and say, hey, because you'll trust me, you'll start seeing sin. But at the same time, I am saying these works that we do, these good things that we do, identify who we are and who our allegiance is with, right? Right. Um, so, so I, I think we should move on to, to, to the last two, cause it looks like we're running out of time pretty quick here. Yeah. Um, we've so got gentleness and self-control. I kind of was, I kind of took, oh, I got a little, little preachy there. So if you want to talk about, uh, the last Sorry. two for a second, Tyler, 
um, I'll, I'll, I'll stand back. <laughs> no, I mean, go ahead, brother. You're, you've been on a roll all night. Why would I stop you now? Go ahead. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So, so, um, love and joyfulness, right? Being loving, receiving love, and then being loving from a place of being loved, right? That's kind of the starting place of all this. And then living with that joy, knowing that that's your starting place is actually a thing. And then what I mean by joy, by the way, is not, oh, I feel happy all the time. Look at my smile. That's not really what I mean by joy, right? It does does entail with it. You're rejoicing, but that implies that you have something worth rejoicing about, right? Uh, And so having the memory, I believe that joy has a lot more to do with what you're remembering than what you're emotionally feeling, let's say, right? Um, But peace is kind of where you, what you're experiencing when you're in that place is peace is what you have with God. And that gives you the, the, the spirit, right? The spirit is what's giving you the ability to be at peace with your neighbor. And even let's say your enemy, the way that Christ said, love your enemy, right? That's, that's incredibly profound and we think of that and go i i don't even know like i don't how are you like why would you say that jesus so you not like and so when we look at that it's kind of it kind of seems like that's the most impossible thing it's like do you not know that they're my enemy it's like yeah no that's why i'm calling them that we're not saying your enemy yeah. should be your best you're saying that you should love them the way you love yourself and guess what when you do things that are despicable and you judge yourself and feel terrible you feel terrible you know what you despise yourself in that moment but you still feed yourself you still clothe yourself you still make sure that you get to work on time let's say you're loving yourself and if you can't extend that same kind of courtesy and regard for the image of god even in your enemy then then god is is still doing a work in you but you're you're getting to a place where let's say when you need to recognize that the other people that you're dealing with, especially the ones that give you the most friction, those are the people that are showing you that you need patience, that you should be kind, that goodness, goodness is something that really is the reflection, right? Faithfulness, the trait that God has, that he's proven himself to be trustworthy. We get to gentleness and God is so gentle. It, it almost, it almost feels odd, you know, um, because God, God, God is is in a position to know more about me than anyone else, and yet He is so much more loving to me than anybody I've ever known. Right. And I I don't really know how else to describe it, but the fact that He, I God could be pretty heavy handed, let's say, but for me, my experience is that God has been very gentle to me. Um, and yeah. so I. I, I expect that in, in my experience with, let's say, my own children, because God is who I call father. My own children uh, are very proficient at frustrating me. <laughs> and uh, I, I, have to be, I, kinda... I have to be ready not yeah. to unleash the full wrath of my frustration of everything else that's going on in life right out onto my children first thing. Not that I'm always perfect about that. I can say that I raise my voice sometimes or that I get frustrated. Sure. No, you go to your room. I'm not right now, not right now. You know, and it's like those kind of things is, is it's not necessarily that I'm saying you have to, you have to be the, you know, the jolly green giant all the time, but just that, that understanding that, that children are a good example of why we need to be gentle. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? 
No, absolutely. I, because I can testify that my child as well drives me bonkers sometimes, and it's so important to to have this self-control. Why? Because there's some times whenever, I mean, and I've done this whenever I was younger. I've never done it with my little girl, but I've done things out of anger that I later regretted. Very much so. And so right. what we're talking about, all of this, the reason it's so important, and I want, we've, we've got about two minutes left, and I want to get into the very first verse of chapter 6, because it's, or, or the very two, first two verses. But, but here's the thing. Whenever you do these things, and let's just go ahead and get into it, because we've got such little time left. But verse six, or chapter 6, verse 1, Brothers, if any is caught in any transgressions, you, are, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness keep watch on yourselves lest you too be tempted bear that this is the important one bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ everything we've been talking about we said that there is purpose there is meaning whenever you trust christ whenever you start doing these things that the spirit produces within you love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self-control Whenever you start doing these things, you are doing what's you're fulfilling what we call the law of Christ. God said that he would write these things, his law, on our hearts. And this is part of that. I don't know if that this encompasses the whole thing. I doubt it. But I will say this, that this is part of that. And so when fulfilling the law of Christ, we can set back, we can rejoice, knowing, knowing that God is, loves us he is faithful to us and when we don't we still know that god is faithful and still loves us ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us tonight we've got an awesome show with jd martin next friday on sin and mankind so we'll see you then good night god bless and stay like christ I can, I can.